Good evening, Patriots. And today is Tuesday, June 13th, at the end of June 13th, actually, in the year 2023. An evening to reflect, actually. I do want to do a few things this evening. I want to go over some scriptures, obviously. But really kind of focus in on some of the greater themes that came out of Bart's Fest, which I think are so important in the weeks and months ahead. Now, one thing for sure is that in this time with so many things happening, if you haven't noticed, they've been polluting the air, trying to break down immune systems once again. We need to really go prepared to keep our immune systems strong in this time. And to do that, you need natural products. Now, one of those things I would absolutely have in my medical kit would be CBD oils. They're great for the whole body in terms of relaxation, relief from pain, sleep, and shot, and even recovery from fitness and, and getting your body back. And so I've been taking some of these for a while. They're just absolutely fantastic. I'd highly recommend them. And they all come from cbdistillery.com, cbdistillery.com. Now, when you go there and you get through this wide range of products, which are all sourced from American-grown industrial hemp, they've been tested rigorously, and they are they are insured to be 100% clean ingredients. So no garbage in them, which is classic of things coming from China in particular. Once you get these products you choose, which there's a few out there that are well worth having, you can just use your BARDS code, B-A-R-D-S, get 20% off and really take advantage of what are some of the top wellness products on the market. So check them out. There's all sorts of great products. And one of the things I've been using is their CBD, uh, their CB distillery or CBD gummy bears or gummies, I guess. They're not gummy bears, or they're gummies. They're just easy chewables and really easy to get stuff down. There's some, and also they have a, a cream that I've been using and it's a joint cream. It's just been really effective in overall just some of the pain or any, any aches that you have in your muscles. And so many more products there. They have products for sleep, products for, like I said, recovery after workout, products for just relaxation of stress, all there. So check it out, CB Distillery, cbdistillery.com. Use your promo code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S. You will not be disappointed. And all those links are always below the podcast. So really, it's interesting when we look at kind of back at Bards Fest. And I've been talking to a lot of people, obviously, and we, I think a lot of us have been reflecting on it. It was a very, just a really good level event and something that um, I'm very, very happy without all the outcomes of it. And the Holy Spirit was definitely there and really taking in a lot of things and filling just people with that richness and what they had to say. That is what made the difference in Bartsfest from other type of events. And I would say while looking at the first Bards Fest, which itself was a great festival, I'm going to argue that this one was even greater. It really hit some key themes that I think that we can use going forward and really keep things focused on. One of those themes, which is one I brought, I've brought to this show before, I brought it there. This was all God led, which is open carrier faith. And that's a lot of what even the previous hour show was about is be bold and lean into things and don't hesitate when it comes to praying and, and praying out demons. And, and it really doesn't matter what other people think about you about this because it's real. It's part of the authorities given to us by Jesus. 
And it's something we have to step into. And keep in mind, these things like spreading the, spreading the word of, of the gospel of Jesus Christ, um, casting out demons, healing the sick, raising the dead, those are kind of like basics for what Christianity is supposed to be. Unfortunately, what's happened, and if you were, if you were at the sermon Saturday night with Pastor Dave Bryan, you, you were able to hear a, an amazing sermon. So if you haven't heard it, Go check it out online. But he really gets into the whole concept of the mystics. And essentially what has happened in, in, the, in our faith over the last 2,000 years is that they, the people that have written the histories didn't believe or like the idea of mysticism or these, in, the supernatural God. So they just wrote it out of the histories. So we've ended up with a literally a dead stone wall, dead skinny jean pulpit that has evolved out of this. And people wonder, like, you know, why, is, why aren't the churches being filled? Why is the Church of Satan on the rise? I can tell you why. Because in the Church of Satan, they are producing these, what we will call like carnival trick miracles. But they're producing results. And they're doing it through sacrifice and ritual. And there's power in that. And so when they come up against a normal Christian, there's nothing there. This You can ask, you can do any sort of testimony you want with, with people in, in Church of Satan, and you're going to tell you something similar every time, that they're getting results and we're not. The results come through the power of our prayer and the power of us leaning into our authorities that God gave us. And that is truly there. And that is given to us by Christ, and they are the authorities which we can nurture and mature over time. But it's not like you're going to walk out suddenly and snap your fingers and poof, things are going to be healed. This is a discipline. I've said it so many times, and I'm going to, you're going to hear me say it many more times. Just like muscle memory, when you, when you work with a drawing of a pistol, it takes 2,000 times of drawing that pistol before it becomes muscle memory. If we're praying into something to heal, it's going to take time and it's interesting when you talk to good prayer warriors they're going to people have done healing they're going to tell you something similar it was like they'll say several thousand times before they really saw the power of, of the wonders of prayer so this is one of these times right now where people need to really zero in on which the type of warfare you want to fight when we start demonstrating the power of of the supernatural God, which is ours to, to provide, to heal the sick, you're not going to have to deal with much doubt as to who God is. And while it's, we can talk about the power of bringing people to Jesus to walk and be saved, that's, yes, it's a must. But it's also part of, the, of our faith to become stronger and bolder in the world. We have dominion. And that's for us to lean in. And that's for us to, to bring that, authority into this world and to literally do what needs to be done. We're dealing with a massive demonic Im- influence in this world right now. This stuff didn't just come from anywhere. In fact, it's interesting because the work that I've been doing and then also through prayer, I came to a, I've come to a very firm conclusion that much of what we're witnessing right now in this mass explosion of this transgenderism is it's gender dysphoria is what it is, is coming from the vax. And you can start linking a lot of pieces together. So you can say that the vax was kind of the ultimate catalyst for it all. If you listen to the latest interview by Robert Kennedy, 
He's going to talk about the pollutants in the water and how that those sort of toxins are also causing gender conversions and gender gender dysphoria. When you add to that the issues of a demonic attack is with this the things that are in this vax, which from the nanotech, the hydrogel, and the the input of frequency, which comes often from a five G wave, there is a demonic portal literally that's being opened up in people for to create the influence of demonic spirit within them this is we're seeing this mass eruption around us and it shouldn't be happening but the church is ill prepared for this type of warfare that's happening around them and has happened as we saw it in portland and this is not i I will give you someone else's testimony beside myself and i mentioned it before and this was at the conference i was at at portland and this person isn't even a deliverance person they're just a person of observation who has a deep love in Christ. And their comment was Antifa won in Portland because the, the pastors locked themselves inside their churches and preached while Antifa went to ground and preached the sermons of the father of lies. If that's just fundamentally it right there, we're not getting out and not pushing enough into this world. And it has to happen. One of the great exercises that I'm, I'm just very happy that Father led, and I was literally, as I was getting to looking at how to lay out Bars Fest, it was just a Father-led moment. It's like, we need to go to Marysville. And I knew a lot about Marysville from coming down here. And what that ended up being was just a powerful, practical exercise of getting on the ground and literally being on the ground of in a place that has a dark, dark spirit with it. And where did it all come from? And it's not just a spirit, it's spirits, plural. LeVay's church, Anton LeVay's church was just, was started in that town. And it was just a few blocks from where we are, were. The place that Anton LeVay died was right there. The, the hotel that Anton LeVay and his, his Satanists occupied and sacrificed people in was within earshot of where we were. We could see it where we were. The portal where the Chinese people worshipped in the, the specific dragon and the dragon spirit in the area was just, we were all, most of us ended up in front of that at one point or another. And the number of human sacrifices is real. There's been over 300 satanic sacrifices in that town of people, humans, in the last number of years. This is a very real issue. And, it, and I know that it, for some it stretches the faith. And it's like, okay, I get it. But we're dealing very really, very realistically with a demonic impact. And you can see it in that town. That town's dead. There's, there's, a, there's a dying spirit there. Now, it, granted, it's not as dense dead as it was because there's been a lot of work done by the Church of Glad Tidings. But that is a, it's a, been a battlefield of spiritual warfare. And as we open ourselves up to these places and understand that not only can we heal a body, we can heal a town, we can heal a geographic space, our work becomes greater and greater in He as we work forward. And all of this is prayer-centric. All of this is asking for the blessings of the Holy Spirit. All of this is about raising up the beauty of the glory in Christ and the beauty of the light and love in Christ in spaces. So I guess where I go to many times, because there's, there's people that get conflicted with this, and I understand that, and I'm not, I'm not saying like, yeah, you're wrong. Or you, you should be condemned. If that's how you want to walk, I'm okay with that. But I want you just to think about this if you're having conflict. We are called to pray. We are called to pray. 
So if you can tell me what's rationally wrong with praying out something, praying for breaking casts and bonds that are put in place by demonic spirits, praying for the raising up of the glory of Christ within a space, I'm, I don't think we can have a debate about that. This is a very powerful moment where each of us has an opportunity to do something amazing and turning our prayer into prayer warfare and truly wielding the sword of the Spirit. And you're going to hear people pray differently. Everybody that was there in Marysville had an opportunity to really get a taste for the different flavors of how people pray into this. And it was amazing to watch. You heard Pastor Dave pray. You heard that local pastor, big guy, who was there, just amazing, great prayers that he was doing early on. You heard Cheryl pray, um, Cheryl Bryan pray. You had others pray that were as we went around the circle. You had Israel pray. If you didn't, if you didn't get a chance to have Israel pray, he's from Guyana. Man, did he pray? He prayed up a storm. And he's used to praying this sort of spiritual fight. If you had a chance to talk to him, here's a guy that comes from a church when they call a congregation and assembly together, it's 500,000 people. And when they take on spiritual warfare, they go out and pray on street corners and they pray all night long around the clock. I mean, this is the type, when we're talking about spiritual warfare here, we're talking about upping it a level. And to really start leaning in to this time and to pray things out and to pray things in. And with that, that takes, you've got to be solid with your armor. That means you've got to be solid and centered with yourself in Christ. It's not a joke here. I mean, this is where I think we get very sloppy in, in, in much of the, in the way that we just take our Christianity, very our faith, very casually. Just like, oh yeah, I've got Jesus with me, I'm all good. This is real warfare. And if you have any doubt about that, I think it's, again, another reason I, I am very pleased and we will continue to do a lot of activities with Glad Tidings Church, is when you get to know some of those people, like the testimony you had from German, or if you didn't possibly, you probably didn't get to know, but Tomas is another one. These are people that come from hard gangs, brutal backgrounds, doing brutal things. And you want to talk about where they are, and they can give you testimony to the deliverance work that they've been part of and the, the demons that they have to continue to fight. And they're there, and they're in love with Christ, and they're running after Jesus in, in a wonderful way, and they're fierce warriors. It's beautiful to see. And it's, it's one of these things that as we de- develop the appreciation for those that have come from the darkness into the light, you can start to develop the appreciation for the truth and magnitude of what the darkness does to others. And that in itself is a powerful testimony. And it requires each of us to really dig in deep and hard into our armor, into our strength, and making sure that we're armored up. It was mentioned somewhere during the conference that I think Pastor Dave brought it up in his speech that there should be a process each day, which I encourage everybody to do and have done for some time, is it to pray into your armor every day. Armor yourself up, strengthen it. Part of that is repentance and going through a a regular repentance to put your sins and flaws before Father and to take those off of you, to put them before the throne. And the process I use, in fact, I was talking to somebody about it today, is just the simple principle of heal and seal which is to heal the wound 
and to seal the armor as I seek the repentance for that which I have done. These are the tools of warfare that as we start to look at what we're doing and realizing that we're in a constant war. We are constantly out here in the demonic fight. And it's one that's brutal. So I want to talk a little bit about men tonight. And in this, dig into an area that has become extremely corruptive for men. And that's their obsession in the lusts for women and the lusts over pornography. And unfortunately, I wish I didn't have to say this, but the fact is that women, I know you really need to pay attention as well, even though I'm going to focus this on men since I am a man. No gender confusion here, trust me. But the the reason I say this is that one of the fastest growing classes of pornography or marketing groups in pornography is women, which is stunning to me. But here's, here's the issue that we're dealing with to a large degree. And, and it's this. Men are under attack. And I don't think we give enough credence to this first position here. Men are under attack. And unfortunately, that attack is extremely intense. And it's going right to that area of sexuality and arousal and lust, lustfulness for women. And when we add to that many other things like the imaging, that's, this is all part of the warfare, what a perfect woman is supposed to look like, which is defined, truthfully is defined as we learn more too often by a transgender woman, meaning a man. I mean, that's, that's literally Victoria's Secret, is their secret is almost all of them are men or were men. There's this distortion that happens and it starts to disrupt even how, we see, how they see their partner or their wife whether it's a girlfriend, fiance, or wife, too often the relationships aren't built through the body of Christ, but they're built in the lustfulness of what they see or with the person to person. And there becomes, depends, creates a codependency on the person rather than a unity through the body of Christ. So there's, there's your first hole in the armor right there. So the war is to break men, because if you break men out of the equation, then all you're left with is the woman and the child. And then you need to go after the woman, which is another discussion, but that's the war that's being waged right now. But let's go back to the women right now, or to the men right now. Men are in a constant warfare. And it's, it's coming not only from the spiritual realm, but it's also coming from the women themselves. They don't, often don't even realize that they're being influenced by these same spirits. Some of that spiritual realm is the Jezebel spirit, which is a lustful, sexual, arousal spirit in simple senses, very powerful, very narcotic. In fact, there's a lot of discussion of in the work that's being done up in Portland, Oregon, it's, that it, there's a heavy presence of the Jezebel spirit there, which I would totally agree with. So as women, as men enter into this arena, not prepared, not armored up, not solid with, with their relationship in Jesus, not understanding that they're walking into a warfare arena they are easily subdued by this influence of lust and desire. And so unfortunately, when they confess this, this is the general response. You're going to hell unless you stop. Okay, I'm not going to say those are wrong words. I'm saying those are not the way to bring a person out of the problem. Okay, we, have, we aren't giving them tools. 
And the tools need to begin with, okay, is there, first of all, there's got to be a deliverance part of this because you've got to see if anything's become embedded, attached, or influencing you as a person. That's part of a confession. That's part of a, a, a repentance. And that's part of breaking those ties and bonds of demonic, any sort of contracts you've made, whether intentionally or unintentionally, that are influencing you. But there also has to be an understanding that for every man out here, this we're raging with this influence. If you're uncomfortable with the idea that there's demonic forces around you, then let me phrase it like this. Anywhere you go, there is a persistent, constant, and overwhelming assault through visual media and, and other media to saturate men with sexual images to try to break their will. All of that, in truth, ties back to their occult worships and their occult sacrifices and their occult things that they do, which conjures up and manifests spirits within that attack. That's the demonic side. This is a very real fight. So on one hand, we have to get the man that is the subject of this discussion, which is the man who's been victimized by the lustfulness and desire for sexual issues of men or of women or pornography. And we have to break that tie. That's a, that's a deliverance issue and a scriptural issue to give them tools. See, it's, it's a, the tools are the scripture then, it's the tools of warfare. And with those tools of warfare then to be able to reinforce their armor. But there has to be also a, an understanding that in this fight, they are going to be under constant attack. And as we get to that mindset to understand that if they encounter it, it's going to rage up. And so there has to be also some wisdom of tactics to understand that at times a man is going to have to be, have to disengage from that encounter. And that's going to take the strength of will within him. And that's going to be reinforced as he begins to understand that he does have the power to overcome. He does have the, the tools to be dominant on the battlefield, to, to subdue the enemy, to have power over all the tools of evil. And as we start to empower the tools that God gave us and understand we have those weapons of war through prayer, and that also sometimes means disengaging the attack, going into prayer, and not looking at repentance as though you're getting whipped, but instead that you're humbly putting yourself before God, admitting the weakness, and asking for help to reinforce the armor and stand back up mightily within the kingdom. But it, it, this, is a, this is a field out here. There's the, one of the problems we have right now with men is that there is a choice that they often make, and we're seeing it. There is this influence that's going on out here to be a man, and you'll hear this all the time. They call it being a toxic male. To be a man in this culture, two things happen. One, you're under attack because you are strong and the culture doesn't want strong men. And two, women, please listen up. Strong men become highly attractive to weak, to women who seek strong men that don't have it in their lives. That's super unjust for men, but it's just the reality in which the world they walk in. So unfortunately, there's a whole plethora of women out there, and they may even be seeking Christ, but they're going to find this, they're going to be swept up in the desire, lustfulness, and attraction to a strong man because that's not become a normal in our life. And when you add to that an already intense warfare from a spiritual side that the man is on, he's two steps down before he steps out of the ring or even steps into the ring. 
So the, the essence here that we're trying to build here is to understand that this is all overcomable. But we have to look at this from the standpoint that the man is under attack. We haven't equipped him with the proper tools. We aren't empowering him with the authorities that he needs to hear and understand clearly what that means in terms of this warfare. And we have to be cognizant of the fact that this warfare is going to take advantage of every single aspect it can to grab any weak heart and influence it to be part of its its attempt to destroy the man. That means everybody's got to be armored up and everybody needs to be centered in Christ. They're really the, the lustfulness is not limited to the men. I, man, and this is why I, I prefaced this at the beginning, because the fastest growing market in the porn industry is women. And women are are growing that market phenomenally right now. That speaks darkness beyond darkness right there. So this is an area where in order to get these problems out, we are literally have to get to a higher place and a higher knowledge of our scriptures. We have to get to a greater understanding in our deep relationship and personal relationship with Jesus. We have to understand the tools of warfare and authorities that we've been given by God. And we have to be able to reinforce our armor and understand that our armor with the slightest crack is going to, they're going to, a demonic force is going to try to slip in. So we have to work diligently daily in this fight of repentance, to, to, to repent for the sin, to heal the wound, and to seal the armor. And in doing that process, we are becoming mightier soldiers within this fight. This battlefield's very real. And it's taking a lot of people down right now. And it's destroying a lot of families. And it's destroying a lot of lives. And it's the sickening part of this is all of this can be overcome. The one thing, you know, I, I think there comes a point, and, I, and when I'm when I'm gonna say this is there's a big difference between somebody who has gone and having, say, a porn addiction or having these lustful draws to somebody and once they address it and then they come to the, the tools to try to fix it and they're diligently working for it towards a, a, a better life, that person may stumble again and there's a, there needs to be some grace given there. But I will tell you when, you come, when we get to the point where somebody keeps doing it over and over and over and over and over, all right, now we're getting to somebody that really doesn't want to make a change. And that's, that's just perpetual sin. And there's consequences for that. And there needs to be an understanding that, like everything else, we're happy to pray for you for a while and happy to help you get up. But we have to, you have to see that person's willingness to step in and solve the problem, to desire to be, in the case of men, a strong man on the battlefield. If you're not going to be, if you desire not to be a strong man on the battlefield, then you're going to become what happens to pretty much everybody that's weak on the battlefield. You're going to get slayed. And I'll pray for you, but I'm going to keep walking because if you're going to get, so, submit yourself to that level of assault after you've been given all the tools of war and you don't want to stand boldly and fight through it, well, sometimes we, you get left behind. See, this is the, the intensity of the fight we're in right now. And this is the intensity of where we have to keep our focus and our head in this game. Men have become a huge target over the last few years. 
it really began with the, with the disruption of the markets in 2008. And the war began to be waged on men at that point in time and ruthlessly going forward. And unfortunately, like I say, when I look at this model, I see a lot of heavy hits on men. But the other part of it that you're not seeing is men are also migrating towards a skinny gene, weak male model because it's a lot easier to do that than to try to be a lead on point in the middle of a war. And this is where the enemy is winning, to use the, the classic Trump term, bigly, okay? The enemy is winning in a huge way here because for strong men to be up front, if they aren't given the tools of war, the strength in Christ, the understanding of Scripture, and the encouragement to be bold men in front, they're not going to walk in the, they're not going to walk in boldness they're going to find that way out to slink behind to step behind and what's what ends up happening exactly where we arrive which is men have been waylaid so much and they get attacked so much and they're not getting good support on many levels from the church even to home that they end up pulling back and what ends up happening women take the lead yeah, I listened to a guy today just rail on women in the church today, how it's an absolute sin to have women speak in the church, and he goes on and on. And this is my response. I understand Scripture very clearly here. I think it's, I don't think it's, a, there's a lot of evidence to show that that is not exactly as it is intended, but we'll go with it as it is just for the sake of this. But here's the deal. We have so many wussied out men right now that have no sense of what it is to be a warrior or in warfare. There are stronger women that are speaking up at the pulpit than the men, and that's a statement of failure of our ability to strengthen our men. And so when we sit here, it's easy to criticize, but what's going to replace that which is already broken? We need to build up our men. And women, that goes in part to you. That is a place where you as women with men have to work to build up in that relationship to be that supportive area. I don't have an easy answer for that because there isn't one. Other than to say that a man is going to need the tools again to understand what it is to be up front. Unfortunately, when, you take, when, a, when a man grows up without the proper tools without the proper framework in Christ. And, and then the next part of this is doing work that's too often not with her hands, but end up, ends up doing cubicle work or other things. That's just a recipe for disaster. On the other hand, without that framework of Christ and, and that relationship of, of the strength of love as a true sense of power and, and, and foundation for which we work, a sexualized culture can easily draw a man into being just a dirtbag without any compassion, without any love for his wife, without any, without any empathy, and just thinking that being a man means being strong, disciplined, yelling, firm, and directive. That's no equation for success. All of this is going to center around a simple principle the relationship with Christ and that getting rid of this limp-wristed hippie, dirty hippie 
thing we've got going on in, in too much across Christianity that somehow Christ was weak. He was a powerful man. He is a powerful warrior. And the process, the way he walked on earth didn't require him to carry a sword of steel. But as I say so many times, he never rebuked Peter for carrying a sword of steel. But he was mighty in his stature, mighty in what he did, strong. And he was powerful in his presence. That should be the single image that we're trying to build as strong as, as terms of strong men and strong males. We don't need the Arnold Schwarzeneggers. We don't need the massive bodybuilders. Being a man does not translate to having to be someone who is a door kicker and, and someone who jumps out of the back of airplanes. Those are great things to do if you enjoy them. But strong men are strong in core, strong in character, strong in their relationship in Christ, firm and compassionate. They're able to stand out in front of evil and speak truth. Those are harder things to do than wielding a sword. And having the confidence in the authorities given to them with kingdom that in the sense of prayer and prayer as action and as warfare, they have the first engagement with any enemy and they will be able to stand to that enemy without consequence, knowing the firmness and authorities given to them by heaven. That's the type of man we're trying to build. And that means we have to start nurturing that in our youth as well. None of these problems are going to fix easily. I'm just going to say that. We are in a very convoluted time. And the pipeline to changing that is generational. When we look at these, these deep rots in our moral base, we look at the infestation of the transgender thinking, the infestation of this same-sex and sexualized culture of this LGBTQ nonsense where every single thing that ends up having some new letter tag, where everything under the sun is allowed. All of these things are not going away quickly. They've rooted themselves deeply within a culture. Gen Z has, been, has grown up with it. Parents have allowed it. And with this has come a complete moderation and diminishing of the strong male. We are not going to survive without strong men. I'll just be blunt. There's no way. And without strong men to lead, we're not going to survive. It might be great for women to coo about the fact that we're seeing more women in authority. I'm not cooing about it. Because the fact of the matter is that women, you have your own issues to deal with to mature into that level. You're jumping in quickly and you're not even jumping in these roles to be men or to be women, you're jumping in these roles stereotyped and f trying to fill a role as a woman being a man. That's the truth in leadership. Check it out anywhere around this country. You're not going to be elevated to powers that, to be unless you can outgun the man. So we don't even know really what a true woman leadership would be like because it's all been tailored around the stereotypes of men or worse, neutered men. And that when you have a neutered man against a strong female, strong female is going to win every day. When you have man to female, there is a whole different presence in leadership. Simple fact. So this gets back to biblical again and the hierarchy of the family and what it's intended to be. And everything that's being done is to invert 
the family, destroy the family. They've cut them, a lot of the men out of the equation right now. Women are the only block to the children, and now women are being peeled off either by having their rights taken away because of the now the, the new transgender woman, which is actually a man, or by pushing women farther into the leadership roles or sucking men, women into the military to do the man's roles. Where's the man in all of that? The man is being subjugated back to the household. He's become effectively neutered, and the woman has taken the lead. All of that began back in 2008. And we've now seen the results of literally about 15 years of assault on the family and the assault on men. Porn has been a huge part of that. And as was just the overall sexualization of every aspect of our culture. And the lack of giving men tools to deal with this has resulted in an entire class of or t- generations of men that have now been subjected and subdued by an enemy force that has used little more than just lustful desires and the sinful practices, and we haven't given men the tools to overcome. I don't know about you, but it just seems like we've got to change the game. And we have to start empowering instead of disempowering. And like I said, I'm not going to begin a conversation with somebody who has an issue with lustfulness and addiction to porn by telling them they're going to hell. That doesn't get anybody anywhere. I am going to begin the conversation with, you need to get control of your life and be a man and start being what God puts you here. And let me give you the tools. And let's begin learning the tools to get away from this. And where does that begin? Ultimately, on your knees to repent in the acceptance of Christ, and then from there to stand up mightily and start understanding that this is a warfare against men. Understand you're being attacked. Now get a spine and start fighting back. That's the best way I can think moving forward. All right, Patriots, let's pray. Father, we're blessed tonight just to come here and assemble as we do in fellowship. And to be able to give some real thought to one of the critical things we have in our time, which is the destruction of the man and the destruction of the family. This enemy has done an amazing attack on diminishing the power of the man and in so doing, weakening the structure of the family as you intended. And now they continue to break it down by assaulting, the continuous assault on men by pushing men to change their gender, weakening their structure, and having women step into leadership roles and other roles to separate them from the nurturing of being mothers and the protection of the children. And what is left is what we see, Father, which is the assault, full-scale assault on our youth. Father, our prayers tonight are a focus of prayers around men, a hedge of protection around their hearts to protect them from the the lures of the lustfulness of demons and this demonic attractions to cast out any sort of influence of a Jezebel spirit and to give them a space to where truly they can be filled with the Holy Spirit and where that demonic influence pulls away, let that Holy Spirit fill them, give them strength and give them clarity and give them understanding and footing and foundation for the temptations that place before them May those temptations that come before them 
be matched by a presence of Christ or the Holy Spirit in such an overwhelming way that the, the true sense of lustfulness, which is the shallow and weak replication of the love that we feel truly as we saturate ourselves in in the Holy Spirit, if that lustfulness will just die away, there'll be nothing left. It'll look like cheap, a cheap knockoff from Taiwan or China and be see it, and see it for what it is, Father. And instead to be fulfilled and be filled up fully with that love and power of Jesus to where every time this encounter happens that they'll the choice can be made, obviously, but the choice is one that is is either a cheap knockoff or the true sense of the power and love in Christ. We pray that that will be part of every man's experience going forward, that the, the Jezebel spirit that's out here and these other demonic influences to try to draw them down will be bound and bound by the, the blood of Jesus, bound in such a way that they don't have the influence or, con, or connection to the men anymore. And as these spirits continue to fight, let them be cast out. Let them be bound as well by as they are cast out by all that they can ever speak, that the Jesus is Lord. And let the boldness in the heart of men begin to be reignited. The clarity given come back to men to have them see themselves as men, not as some sort of something in transition. And may these influences that are in their head and around them to try to lure them into being another gender be washed away and be washed away by the blood of Christ. Father, we're praying truly for the healing and and restoration of men across this nation and across the world to give strength again to the, the mighty class of the sons of the Most High. Bless us and guide us, and we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Something so important to pray upon because men are in dire need of good role models, but men are equally in dire need of tools of war and the strength to understand that they have within them when they're anchored in the body of Christ. So, for women, have your man listen to this. Let him hear it. It's time to start facing some of this darkness. We've got to muck it out and we've got to rebuild things. Women out there, if you're listening, you're going to have to get deeper in Christ, stronger on your footing. And if you're one of those that already is, then we've got to find the other men to help. It's that simple. Empower, not disempower. Raise up, not crush. And bring people further into this battle and onto this battle line that is going to be so important in the days ahead. This enemy is unleashing everything right now. They're not, they're not even close to stopping. And the war that they're waging is going to get more intense the closer the, that they get to being fully exposed. And the most vulnerable right now are children, and right behind them, sadly, are men. Because they're already broken, and they're easily influenced to side with the enemy and not do their job as they need to be, which is protecting the children and the family. That rests on the men, and that's a mission that has to be reinvigorated. And with our prayers and with our support and with the teachings of of the tools given to us, the authorities given to us by Father God, we begin to turn the tables to where we can go on the offensive rather than being always on the defensive and being assaulted. 
offense to win. Victory's ahead of us, and there can be no other option but victory. Patriots, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tomorrow for Bended Knee. Until then or until the next time, God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. Oh, I want to feel something. I just want to breathe again. Dive into the deepest end. Oh, I want to feel something. Let me get back in my Close to me, look how it is.